words from the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. A holy conversation. A holy conversation. This actually colloquial English. Conversation actually does not mean talk. In this sense, so this old English, conversation means what? Who knows? Just shout it out. Sorry? Discuss. Okay. Not that meaning. The other meaning of conversation as used in the Bible. Communion. Yeah. No. Way of living. So conversation in this sense means way of living. A holy way of living. A holy way of living. A holy conversation. I'm sure when you see that, you think it's uh, our breakout sessions which we do from time to time. No, it's actually, it means a holy way of living. And I'd like us to read this scripture together. So lift up your voice. Let's read it together. One, two, go. You are known and read by all men. Clearly, you're an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, but on tablets that is on the heart. One of the things that Ecclesia Hills is, is a house of ministries. Sitting in here are pastors and leaders and institution builders of various levels. So, what God wants to communicate to us sometimes is that thing that is, enabled, that is able to enable us as builders to build what God wants us to build. That thing that is supposed to enable you as a leader to lead in the space where God has created space for you to lead. And he says in this scripture, you are a letter. You are an epistle. Epistle simply means, once again, an old English for letter. You are a letter written on the hearts of people, read by all men. You are a letter of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone as it was in the time of Moses, but now this letter is written where? On the hearts of men. So this automatically means some of the things we say, we must jettison them. Things like, I don't care what anybody thinks about me. It's now sinful for you to say that because if you read this scripture clearly, it says you are what? A letter. So you should care what your testament is releasing. You should care what your life is saying. Many people have been snared on account of the fact that you, we are believers, we go to church, 
We do God on Monday to Friday, on Sunday, every Sunday, but Monday to Saturday, we live like the devil. Todd White is a guy I really like. And he said when he gave his life to Christ, he, he was singing in a rock band. And he and his band members, you know, tattoo, dread, the whole thing. He and his band members were the baddest gang in town. And he was living with his girlfriend with whom he wasn't married. And they had a baby together. And when he gave his life to Christ, he came back happily to his friends and said to them, guys, I've given my life to Christ. They said to him, oh, you found religion. <laughs> so funny. And he will, they will go out on binge drinking together. Even after he's giving his life to Christ, they will go out and drink when they're all drunk. You know, there's a friend of mine, when he's drunk, that's when, he's, when he preaches. You know drunk preachers? When he's drunk, ay, the message from his mouth will be so simple, so, so sweet. And that was Todd White. He said he will now go and start preaching to his friends. Guys, you have to receive Jesus. You have to receive him as the Lord and personal Savior. And the guys will tell him, dude, you, <laughs> we, we're the same. And one day he went to church again and the Holy Spirit hit him with conviction and he gave his life to Christ again. How many of you know that sometimes you need a second touch? He gave his life to Christ again. He was weeping. So the man of God called him and put him in the front and said to him, the Lord has a ministry for you. And today the Lord He's writing your story anew. Give him a prophecy that he put in his pocket. He said he put that prophecy in his pocket every day. But then he got a call one day. See that night. So let me finish this story. He ran back home. Met his girlfriend and said, Oh my God. We're living in sin. I cannot live here. Packed his bag and said to them, I'm going to give you everything you need. And went to his pastor who led him to Christ and said to him, Pastor, I've been living in sin with my girlfriend and now I want to do things right. And the man said, oh, no problem. You guys love each other? He says, yes, I'll marry you guys. Organized the marriage ceremony for the next Saturday available. And he married them. And he came back with joy. During that time, one of his band members fell critically ill. And he went to the bedside. And he was meeting him and said to him, you need to give your life to Christ. This second time. So the guy was dying. As the guy was smiling at him, I said, ah, you found religion. As the guy was smiling, he closed his eyes in death. Never gave his life to Christ. And Todd White said, that thing killed him and ate him every day. That he wasn't the kind of epistle I was supposed to transform someone else because he lived just like the world. 
And everywhere he goes, this was his motivation that Christians ought to live in righteousness. That Christians ought to be epistles. That Christians ought to walk in holiness before God. <laughs> and our message is only as good as holy as we are. That we cannot be hanging on to the lies of someday, someday, one day, one day. Salvation is now. And Jesus is ready right now. Hallelujah. Amen. We are a letter. So I'm going to talk about three different things. Being a letter. What stops us from being holy? And what increases holiness? So the next scripture is 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 3. But if anyone spreads false teaching that does not agree with the healthy instruction of our Lord Jesus, teaching others that holy awe of God is not important, then they prove they know nothing at all. It's obvious they don't value or hold dear the healing words of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we need to teach the holy awe of God. You know, people talk about the fear of God being only reverential fear. There are two fears of God. Loving fear, like the fear of somebody you love, you don't want to upset them. And the other fear of a crack, a crack your heart cut. Two fears. The fear of your heart cut and the fear of loving fear. You know how loving fear is the fear you have for your husband or your wife? Where because you love them, you don't want to upset them. That's loving fear. My kids believe I fear my wife. <laughs> they believe it. They believe it 100% that Pastor Mo, like, I said, like, I just say, this, I'm not afraid of you. Like, and my kids will say, like, no, dad, you're afraid of her. That's loving fear. The other fear, the Bible says, fear him who is able to destroy your body and throw your soul in hell. There's something that happens to the people who have holy awe of God. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. When you think about this person who wiped out a whole generation, when you think about a God who stood and burnt the earth and said he's going to do it again, then you are saying what you have is reverential fear. You better fear the Lord. There are so many people who are teaching people now that the holy awe of God is not important. The Bible says they know nothing at all. They are covered with clouds of conceit. They are loaded with controversy. They love to argue their opinions and split hairs. The fruit of their ministry is contention, competition, and evil suspicion. They add misery to many lives by corrupting their minds and cheating them of truth. They equate the worship of God with making great sums of money. There is one thing that is destroying ministries now, especially prophetic ministry, money. 
rich. And you're using God's name as a veneer for everything. You want to make impact in life and you're using God's name as a tool. God wants uncorrupted minds. God wants minds that are genuine. Today, if you receive this teaching, you will clean up your ministry so good that the intent of your heart will be the intent of God's heart as well. Of course we need money. We just opened up the new Destiny Trust home, home number four yesterday. That was amazing. A simple gentleman and his wife who decided they're going to take kids off the street have house number four. You know, we talk about Keith Green and the things he did, how he bought a whole street and put hippies inside. But sometimes we don't look at the Keith Greens who are next door to us doing great stuff. We don't give enough credit to the people around us who are working right now. On Friday, we're talking about the nation. And Esther Longe set the whole room on fire. I think that's something we should clap about as well. Can I tell you guys something? There are people who are doing stuff now. We should give them credit now. But in chasing after impact, one of the things that drive us is the desire to be influential. Is a desire to be powerful. Is a desire to have more money. And this desire, many times, is not holy. It's covetousness. And with this desire, we corrupt minds. We create controversy. We like our preaching to be very argumentative. Our position, our posture. And in the end, what are we doing? It's contention. It's competition. I know more than you. I am higher than you. My title is bigger than your title. As a result, I'm a mightier man of God than you. I can open more doors than you. This is actually what our ministry has become. God forbid. Say God forbid. Oh, you guys are not with me. I'm the only one on this trajectory. Say God forbid. That everything we do is about positions and titles. Like, I, last, the last time I prayed, I said, please call me boy of God. Boy of God, not man of God. I don't want to be so known by men and so adored by men that before God, the heavenly shrivels when they hear my name. I want to be audacious in heavenly places and even simple among men. The best billions is the silent billionaire. Nobody knows your name, but you're controlling things. And there are many people like that in Nigeria. That our greatness will not be to corrupt minds. Let me move from here. You said, is this impossible? First Peter chapter 1 verse 15 and 16 says, But as he which had called you is holy, be ye also holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Shanam brokotabahai, sekunam basalibra. 
release upon the house a desire for holiness, a desire for awe, a desire for the atmosphere of God. Release upon us a desire to chase after the accuracy in the spirit more than to chase position among men. Desire release upon us holiness in all manner of conversation, in all manner of activities, in all manner of ways of life. Release it upon Ecclesia Hills this morning. Upon everyone watching online, release the grace for holiness upon us. That we may walk before you in the awe of God. In the awe of God. Hallelujah. First John chapter 2 verse 15. How many of you recognize this picture? Who knows this picture? That's somebody facing Asa Rock. I will soon tell you what the picture is about. This is Housewives of Abuja. So this is the picture of the Housewives of Abuja. Show Max. Somebody said, Wow. Then let's read the scripture on top of it. One, two, go. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Very practical. There's a greed, a draw, a pull, a hunger, a yearning for controlling the rock for women who control Abuja for housewives who dictate what their husbands do for men of power and influence there's a desire and I can tell you many times corrupted desire it has nothing to do with God or promoting his agenda on earth many times our biggest desires stem from the seven deadly sins. These are clearly what the world calls sins. All of these things are taken from the Bible. I can give you a scripture for each one, but there's no time today. But look at them. What are they? Number one. Number two. Number three. Number four. Number five. Number six, number seven. All of these things can be suited, can be fitted in some people's agenda. The quest for money comes from here. The quest for influence comes from here. The desire to be known comes from here. I don't have Valentine comes from here. Why do you want a valentine? For some guys, why do they like a particular woman? She's the prettiest. So if she's the prettiest, she's a rank on their shoulder. I married the prettiest girl. And you see this all on media. Where Kanye West is saying, I got the girl. And somebody said, I hit it first. 
It's all about ranking. It's all about ranking. It's all about the seven deadly sins. Let's, let's be honest about what drives our desire. What fuels it. What propels it. What makes us to cry in prayer. Some of us, what makes us to weep at night. The children of Israel gathered together and they said to Moses, we are tired of manna. We made manna burgers. We made manna bread. We made manna flakes. We made manna oats. This manna makes us sick. We don't want again. And while they were crying and praying, the Bible says the anger of God broke out against them. Holiness. Say holiness. This is not a message many people will endure. Say holiness. Holiness. Purifying your intention. Going to the roots of your desire. Why? Why? Don't allow your PC to go to sleep. You have to put in the password now. Hallelujah. Pray for yourself one more time. Say, Lord, I remove every desire on the inside of me. I purge my heart. I purge my spirit. I purge my soul. Lord God, cleanse me. Cleanse me. Cleanse me. Purify me. Let me not be driven by the things of this life. Let me not be controlled by the things of this life. Lord, renew my heart before you. Lord, purge my spirit before you. Oh, I long to be holy. I long to be righteous. From the moment of rescue, I have never been the same. When your love took me captive and you washed away my sin, when you stand with forgiveness for me, when your light covered me, Lord, change my configuration. Change the things that stand against me, rising up in holiness, that I may be a vessel of righteousness unto you, and I may be one purged in the fire for you, O God. Holiness. Unto the Lord. Holiness unto the Lord. Let's read Zechariah chapter 5. If you can turn your Bibles to Zechariah chapter 5, don't, don't leave the screen. Keep it alive. I want people to turn their Bibles to Zechariah chapter 5. We're going to read the whole book, the whole chapter. Already yesterday at the prayer meeting. Just want to take three points from Zechariah chapter 5. In Ostakama High. If you can find the English Standard Version on your Bible app, that would be good. Who's going to read for us? 
between. Have you found it? ESV. Have you found it? Again, I lifted my eyes and saw, and behold, a flying scroll. Verse 2. And he said to me, What do you see? I answered, I see a flying scroll. Its length is 22, 20 cubits, and its width is 10 cubits. Verse 3. Then he said to me, This is the curse that goes out over the face of the whole land. For everyone who steals shall be cleansed, or shall be cleaned out according to what is on one side, and everyone who swears falsely shall be cleaned out according to what is on the other side. Verse 4, I will send it out, declares the Lord of hosts, and it shall enter the house of the thief and the house of him who swears falsely by my name, and it shall remain in his house and consume it both timber and stones. Verse 5, The angel who talked with me came forward and said to me, Lift your eyes and see what this is that is going out. And I said, What is it? He said, This is the basket that is going out. And he said, This is their iniquity in all the land. Verse 7, And behold, the leading, the leading cover was lifted, and there was a woman sitting in the basket. Verse 8, And he said, This is wickedness. And he thrust her back into the basket and thrust her down the leading weight and thrust down the leading weight on its opening. Verse 9. Then I lifted my eyes and saw, and behold, two women coming forward. The wind was in their wings. They had wings like the wings of a stalk. And they lifted up the basket between earth and heaven. Verse 10. Then I said to the angel who talked to me, Where are they taking the basket? And he said to me, To the land of China, to build a house for it. And when this is prepared, they will set the basket down there on its base. Hallelujah. When this is prepared, they will set the basket down there on its base. This is talking about China is another word for Babylon. So, this, so there are three aspects I just want to quickly bring out. Zechariah entered into this holy encounter when angelic spirits were breaking into his worldview. He saw angels, literally, angels were coming to him. And as the angels were coming to him, they, they, they said to him, see, what, what is this? He said, yes, can you see? He said, yes. What do you see? He said, I see a scroll. A scroll is a book, an old book. Okay, there are people coming in now. So if there's a seat in front of you, just move to that seat, please, so that we can release the seat in front. Those of you here, just move to the front. Move to the front, guys. Quick, quick, move. Let's release the seats in, yes, seats in front. Please occupy all the seats in front so that the people who are coming behind can just slip from the back. Yep. Can I, this guy was having this holy, massive encounter with God. And this encounter was like, wow. He saw a book flying. Well, not the book we have right now. Is scroll, means the old book that they used to make from papyrus and scroll, right? 
And this book had two sides. One side was for liars. The other side were for those who bear false witness. Two sins. Two particular sins. What are the two sins? Liars. And number two, those who bear false witness. So liars are like the people who who do make-believe. You know, like sometimes when you see this is a joke, this is a joke. Let me tell you in advance. Sometimes when you see makeup transformation before and after, are those people liars or not? Said it's a joke, so but, but you get the idea that whole making something out of nothing. <laughs> okay, this one is not a perfect example, but hey, some people like have you seen the Bible says all that make believe and those who bear false witness. One of the biggest false witnesses, prophecy that God has not said. The Bible says, Woe to him who says, Thus says the Lord, when the Lord has not said. It's actually okay for you to encourage people. I say to them, I sense the Lord wants to bless you. I reason, it just came to me that God wants to encourage you. It's better than to say, God said, like, God? Do you know the people who transcribed the Bible, every time they saw Yahweh, they went back to wash their hands. They sat down, their job was to write the Bible. They were monks who sat in monasteries for years, writing the Bible we have. And I'm not joking with the fact that we now have access where is the all? You say, God said. Now, ah. God says, the scroll will be a destruction. It will sit in your house and eat your house to powder. It will eat the stone. It will eat the wood until the house finishes. This is the all of God against liars. Then we see how iniquity is made in a city, in a nation like Nigeria. We see the formation of iniquity. Iniquity was sitting in a basket. Now this is postgraduate. I don't have time to unpack everything this means. But iniquity was sitting in a basket and there was a lead over iniquity. And this Beans, they were not godly beans. They were going to set up iniquity in the center of Babylon. Babylon referring to the city which is anti-God. Babylon refers to the city which eviscerates all of God's soldiers. A city which destroys holy men. Babylon refers to a way of life that corrupts kings. You read the book of Revelation, the Bible begins to talk about how all the kings of the earth have drunk the wine of our adultery. 
And there's nothing more than when you enter the highest level of power in Nigeria, you see how people have sex with Babylon. The other day we we're talking about politicians who get to go to take body parts. A sister here was praying over her nanny who was just entering a bus and was taken by ritualists for body harvesting. Somehow she managed to escape by the things her eyes saw. Babies disemboweled. Politicians coming with coolers to collect body parts. In this nation, the blood of the innocent pours down. In this nation, the blood of wickedness flows. So when we pray for Nigeria, let's remember to first of all repent for innocent blood that we pour. And you think that you can use the principles of God to walk these works of darkness? No. God wants you to come clean. God wants you to come clean. Tell someone, come clean. The highest power you have in the spirit is that the prince of this world comes and finds nothing in you. Say to someone else, come clean. I can hear you this morning say, come clean. This is not the message of control and command. This is not the message of uh, you're going to dominate your enemies. This is not the message of, oh, you are taking over the nation. It doesn't look that exciting. But if you want to walk with God, come clean. Come clean. Come clean. If you want to be a man of God in the marketplace, come clean. If you want to be a man of dominion on earth, come clean. Come with righteous hands before the Lord. Put your hearts Pudge your spirit. Oh, leader of a movement, come clean. Lead your people with righteousness. Let the glory of God rise upon you. For the judgment of God has been laid, released. The scroll has been flying to destroy the lies and to destroy the false impressions that men set in the Lord's name. A coming season is coming when God is going to disgrace prophets who lie in His name. And pastors who use the people and ministers who stand and prophesy lies for their belly. For God shall produce a whole tribe of righteousness. A whole people of glory with freshness who hear the heart of the Father, whose hearts burn for the Spirit of God will produce a new tribe of businessmen and entrepreneurs who go to the mountain of Jacob, who possess the gates of the enemy, who take the secret riches of hidden places because they anchor in holiness. Hallelujah. What takes us away from holiness? Number one, the ideas we adore. Some of us, so this is the full picture of the housewives of Abuja. I'm on their case right now. 
Do you know that what kills us most is actually not sin? Do you know what kills us most is weight? The Bible says lay aside the weight and the sin. What kills us most? We know sin. I didn't sleep with anybody. I didn't touch anybody's wife. I didn't steal anybody's money. You know what weight is? The normal conduct of everyday life. And one weight is definitely Netflix. I didn't know that many people in this church watch Netflix like that oh, until I acted one role in Nollywood. Hey God, from America, from Belize, from Canada, people were sending me videos of myself that I, they, that I showed up in the movie Pastor Mo. Somebody would say, wow, Pastor Mo. I'm like, you never said wow to any message I preached. Our movie is number one on Netflix now. <laughs> and they paid me. I was like, wow. <laughs> can, I, can I tell you guys something? Like, honestly, weights is what takes us away. TV, internet, porn. Our inclination for chasing anything apart from what God asked us to chase. These are weights. They weigh on our hearts. They cause us sorrow. Take a look. Where's your sorrow from? If not a weight. In Let there be holiness in your life. Sit for hours and watch sitcoms. These housewives, let me go back to them. Which housewife quality is in this housewife shows you see? Housewife of uh, Johannesburg, housewives of Lekki. Which quality of wife is inside them? It's fight, anger, swear word, bickering, and they normalize it. And you don't know that you are drinking it. Some of you watch, you go back home to quarrel with your husband. You know, that person, you know what that woman said to her husband? Don't say it to me, oh. He hasn't said it yet. The normal weight of everyday poison your holiness and your consecration. Weights. 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 Take away the weight. Take away dead weight from your life. Friendships that don't glorify God. Influences that poison your spirit. The ideas we adore pull us away from God. I know the Bible calls it besetting sin. Another translation says they see that sins that don't so easily entangle us. But I want to call it the sins we adore. Of course, you say you love God. Many times it's a lie. You love the power of money. You love seeing your mind. 
having the last word. You love it. You love pouring out your anger on people. You love it. Just that walking away when you're finished your anger. <laughs> I gave them a piece of my mind. You love it. <laughs> you love how money makes you powerful. You love how sex makes you feel. Weights, the sins we adore. There is a river flowing this morning to wash every sin and every weight. There's a river flowing this morning to bring you in perfection to the will of Christ. Arranging everything in obedience to Christ. Bringing everything to subjection. Bringing every thought to captivity, to the obedience of Christ. Let me say this really quick, then I'll bring conclusion. Something else that poisons our consecration is the mixed multitude. Say the mixed multitude. Who were the mixed multitude that went out with the Israelites? They were the mulattoes or the mongrels, half Egyptian, half Jewish. That means Jewish girls will go to work in the house of Egyptian men, they will rape them, they'll have those babies, which are half Jewish, half Egyptian. On the day of Exodus, a lot of these people, another word for them is rabbles. A lot of these mixed multitude came with the people of Israel on the journey. They didn't live in Goshen as much. They lived in other areas of Egypt. So they saw a lot of the culture of Egypt. They are the ones who ate leeks, cucumber, garlic, and onion. Can you believe that garlic and onion was what was causing trouble in the wilderness? So let's read this together. Lift up your voice, one, two, go. Now, a mixed multitude who were among them yielded to intense craving. So the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who will give us meat to eat? We remember the fish we ate freely in Egypt. The cucumber, the melon, the leeks, the onion, and the garlic. Ah! They yielded to intense craving. They opened themselves up to intense desire. And who orchestrated it? The mixed multitude. Then the children of Israel also joined with them. Part of what makes us fall sometimes is the things we mix. What are you mixing with? Ask someone down. This is time for you to preach to someone. 
Say, my sister, I want to tell you about mixing. Whatever you mix with, you become. What are you mixing with yourself? Tell somebody else, what are you adding? It's the mix. It's the mix. It's the mix. Evil corruption, evil communication corrupt good morals. Don't say I'm a strong man. I'm strong. Akroka. Okorobia. Okorobia Demma. No shaking. No. If you mix long enough, it will rub off on you. yielded to intense craving and started to cry. This was the place when they talked about what I said earlier. The next verse, verse from verse 6, and I started hearing them, they said, we're tired of this manna. Lord, take away manna. We don't want. We're tired. We know your love. We know you love us. We don't want your love again. Can you release your power as well? We don't only want love. Can you release money? Lord, your love is too much for us. We want money. Do you guys understand? Let's move. I don't have time to go to this scripture and unpack it well. So let's, let me jump over it. So I come to conclusion here. How do you, how do you touch that holy conversation? How do you arrive? What is the right mix that makes holy conversation possible? What are those things that when you do it, your life will be like a holy conversation before God? What are those things that when you do, the angels will balance with you and partner with you? Number one, be led by the Spirit. Most assuredly, I said to you, when you're younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wish. But now that you're old, you will stretch out your hand and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. The first thing is that total yieldedness to the Spirit. This is the character of, of youth. Young people don't want anyone to tell them what to do. They know it already. But the Bible says when you are old, you hand over your hand to another person and say, take me. Take my hand. Take me. That's how we yield to the Holy Spirit of our own volition. We hand over ourselves to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, lead us, guide us. Youth makes us to feel like we know already. Youth makes us to feel, because when you're young, people are busy telling you from childhood, they're telling you this, this, this. So when you get to like 16, 18, you don't want to hear nobody again. 20 to 30, you don't listen to nobody. Let me find out by myself. It's the character of youth not to listen. And you sometimes they even feel they are listening, but they are actually not listening. There's something that happens with maturity that you hand over yourself to someone to be led. Hand over yourself to the Spirit. Release yourself to the Spirit of God. You wonder how to have a holy conversation. 
is a release of the Spirit. Those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Second, but you, O oh man, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life to which you are also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Fight to stay in the faith. This is, this is old but it's also new. If the devil comes, he's coming for only one thing. To steal your faith. To steal that resoluteness you have in God. So you can enter into ambivalence. Many of the books you read are designed to make you doubtful of God. And there are many of these books now increasing. How man created God. The God delusion. There are books like that. One day I read this book in the light of truth by Abdul Roshin, the grill message. And I couldn't pray for three days because they were asking, what if Jesus was not the only way and I'm a philosopher? So my intellectual mind went into overdrive and I began to consider deeply the book in the light of truth. For three days, when I want to pray, I hear what if Jesus was not the only way? What if I'm too religious? What if I'm too dogmatic? What if I'm too uh, just going in my own way? I had to wake up one day. After a while, I started getting into powerlessness because little prayer, little power. I don't know how some of you get through it without prayer. Hey! Sometimes I beg my friends, come, let's pray. People are tired of me. All my friends, they run away. Let's pray. Let's pray. I'm always constantly, let's pray. Let's pray. Tomorrow we'll begin a new course. God in the modern world is actually about harnessing and harvesting the atmosphere of God in the modern world. Let's incubate. Let's bring the reality of God. Let's fight to stay in the faith. Let's contend for the faith. One of the things that will keep you in the faith is undivided focus. Undivided focus. Because the devil wants to make you like this, like this. Especially those of us who are guys. We are very visual. Guys. Is there any guy near you? Draw them. Say, guy, guy. We are very visual. The temptations are plenty. There's pornography waiting for you. There is, there is this test trap always on, on Instagram. You're just scrolling through pictures. One person just jump in. And it will be your specification. If you like them voluptuous, they will be available. If you like them skimpy, they will be available. It's just all over. Draw somebody and say, guy, 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 guy. Fight to stay in the faith. Fight to stay righteous. Fight to maintain consecration. Fight.
to keep your eyes undivided. Fight for the faith. Fight for the faith. Fight for the faith. Fight for the faith. I don't know how to say it more than tell you to fight for the faith. Fight to be standing in righteousness. Fight that your hands are not stained. Fight that your heart is not guilty. Fight that all your affairs are done according to the will of God. I fight for the faith. I fight for belief. I'm standing in righteousness. I'm standing by the glory of the Lord. I'm standing in righteousness. I'm standing in the glory. Fight for the faith. Let your heart flow over with righteousness. Let your spirit be bubbling over with the right thing. Let your soul touch life. Fight to be a man of faith. Hallelujah. Finally, you won't believe this exact the opposite of fight for the faith. It says, relax. You won't believe. This actually just says relax. On one hand, fight. On the other hand, relax. Let's read this together. One, two, go. Are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I wouldn't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you will learn to live freely and lightly. Matthew 11, 28 to 30. This is the message version. The unforced rhythms of grace. So do you know what you do? You fight to enter grace. Your fight is the fight to enter into grace. When you fight that fight, the arrival point of your fight is to reach ease. It's like a plane taking off. At the point of takeoff, it's very difficult. You see the entire plane creaking, creaking, creaking. But there comes a point in time when the plane receives, say, the unforced rhythms. When the wind carries the plane. But you can't get there by yourself. It says, walk with me and work with me. That's the fight. Another translation says, labor to enter into my rest. It says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But it's still yoke. It's still burden. It's just that it's lighter than the burden of the devil. Have you ever seen the burden of the devil? Have you ever seen someone under the burden of the devil? 
devil's burden is weighty, it's massive, it's crazy. He takes a young man, fills him with drugs, poisons the future of a whole young man, and a man cannot know his left from his right. He takes a person and fills him with ideas. Just from ideas alone, the person will go crazy. That's the burden of the devil. That's the yoke of the devil. The devil's yoke is heavy. His burden is massive. Come and learn the ease of the spirit. If you haven't found the ease of the spirit, it means you haven't fought your way through. You haven't, you're not in takeoff yet. You are still in takeoff mode. How many of us we do this takeoff just when we are about to go? We come back. Zoo is too hard. How many of you want to salute the courage of some pilots when you see them? When they are doing cloud? You guys are behaving like you don't understand what I'm saying. I'm, I'm going. I'm going. You seen those pilots who when they're taking off you see cloud sometimes your plane is shaking you think like ah oh god won't you just turn back like this but they keep on going they keep on going they keep on going that's what you must do you must keep on going you must keep on going you must keep on going you're soon about to break into the realm of ease your labor is not to not have arrival. Your labor is to bring you to arrival to a place where ease. Come with me, my brothers and my sisters. Come, let me take you to a higher place where the high winds blow on the mountain of the Lord, where there is ease in worshiping the Lord. Where God's people don't struggle. Come let me take you somewhere new. Where you've never been before. Where the unforced rhythms of grace. Carries you to my father's house. Yield yourself to the spirit. Open your heart to be led. This is how. This is how. This is how, this is how we go. This is how we go into the spirit. This is how, this is how, this is how. Let's go brothers and sisters. Let's go people of God. Let's go to a higher place. Let's go to a higher place. Take us to your higher places, oh God. Take us to your higher places. Where the high winds blows on the mountain of the Lord, where the King of Kings rides out in majesty. Say, take me to your higher place. Take me to your higher place.
and my sisters God is calling you to a holy conversation a holy manner of life God is bringing you to a new place where you walk with him and the key to this place is just unforced fight first to get your freedom fight for the faith enter into rest fight for the faith enter into rest everything the devil wants to do is to make sure you don't make the journey. Everything, everything he says to you, everything he's setting up, every scenario he's setting up, the people you are meeting, every plan of the devil is to make sure you don't go on this journey. You stay basic. You stay at the edge. You stay surface level. So, it's not in everyone in Ecclesia Hills that will necessarily make it. But I'm hoping that as we throw spiritual opportunities your way, you will catch these spiritual opportunities. And these spiritual opportunities will bring you in. Coming to church alone will not bring you to ease. There are some strategies of the Spirit that you have to deploy to break out of the difficulty and enter into ease. The goal is rest. The goal is rest. And whatever is happening, you are at rest. Don't forget, the world will always throw up new challenges and new problems. But whatever happens, you are at rest. Touch someone and say rest. That's the goal. But the way to start is fight. Touch, touch the same person and say, fight! You fight to enter rest. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org. 